this morning. Uh, we're going to be talking about the new creature. Uh, this is found in 2 Corinthians 5.17, a popular verse uh, that you hear a lot, so it's important to know exactly what the verse uh, means. Uh, but it's there on your outline. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So you've probably heard this verse a lot when people talk about salvation, right? Um, about you being a new creature, right? All things becoming new. So I want to deal with this verse and explain exactly what the verse means. Uh, but what is the new creature is the first thing. Uh, any thoughts on that? We kind of touched on it. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. The new creature. Yeah. Um, it's there on your outline, so if you're looking at that, you're cheating. <laughs> Well, I knew that before, but hey, you said it earlier. I was about to say it, and then I was like, did I hear him correctly? There's no the distinguishing between races or... Jew and Gentile? Yeah. Is that also on your outline? No. Or is it? No, I'm not. Let me get number one. Yeah. <laughs> so the new creature is the body of Christ. Right? There is no longer Jew or Gentile. If you go to Galatians 6.17, which also mentions uh, this new creature. It's actually Galatians 6.15, not 6.17. It says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, uncircumcision, but a new creature. Right? So your circumcision or uncircumcision does not matter anymore. It doesn't avail to anything. What matters is the new creature. Right? And so in the context here of Galatians uh, 6, uh, again, he's dealing in the whole book of Galatians. The Galatians were trying to put themselves back under the law. They had people coming to them, telling them, uh, Jews specifically coming, saying you have to be circumcised to be saved. Uh, and he says in Galatians 5, he says, uh, I, Paul, say to you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Right? If you're putting yourself back under the law, trusting in works, Christ does not profit you anything. Right? That was the whole point of what he came to do. Uh, and the whole point of the mystery that he revealed was that he died for you. Right? And it's faith in him for salvation. That's how Christ profits you. He did all the work necessary. You just have faith in what he did right? and have faith in him. Uh, if you go back to trying to do things yourself, keep the law, right, do works of your flesh, then what Christ did is not going to profit you because you're not trusting in that. You're trusting in yourself. Right? So that's what he's dealing with here in Galatians. And he says um, in verse 14, God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? And so Paul says, I need to glory in the cross. Because he says these Jews want to glory in your flesh, right? Because they're teaching you to do things in your flesh, and they can say, well, look at all these works they're doing, right? They're keeping the law, they're doing this, they're glorying in your flesh and the works that you're doing in your flesh. Paul says, I glory in the cross of Christ, right? Because that is what provides salvation, right? That is what we look to for salvation, is the cross of Christ. And so he says, uh, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature, right? So this new creature is... 
this body of Christ made up of Jew and Gentile, made up of circumcision and uncircumcision because your flesh, your status in the flesh, no longer matters. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. Right? So by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. So again, this new creature is this body of Christ, and it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, bond or free. Um, you can be baptized into this body by believing the gospel, uh, regardless of your status in the flesh. Right, regardless of your race, of your gender, uh, it does not matter. You can be one in the body of Christ. This is the new creature. And then Galatians 3.28, verse 27, he says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. So again, you have all being made one in the body of Christ, right? In Christ Jesus, you are one, right? It's no longer Jew or Gentile, no longer male or female, no longer bond or free. Uh, you are all one body in Christ. And so your status in the flesh does not matter to God, right? It, what matters is whether or not you are in Christ, right? Uh, it's also referred to as the new man. Uh, so the new creature, the new man, it's referring to the same thing, this body of Christ, this uh, new thing that God is doing. In Ephesians 2, verse 13 through 17, Paul says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace, who have made both one, and have broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were far off, and to them that were nigh. So he's speaking specifically of Jew and Gentile here, right? You had Jew and Gentile, which is the twain, the two, are now made one, right, by the cross of Christ. What he did on the cross uh, provides peace to all because we are all one in the body of Christ now, right? It's no longer Jew or Gentile. It is one in the body of Christ. And he calls it uh, this one new man, right? He made in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, right? And it goes on to say that he might reconcile both unto God in one body. So you have this new creature, this one new man, this body of Christ, whereby we are all one in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 4.24 Verse 23, he says, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Right? So he says, Put on the new man, which is who you are in this new creature, this body of Christ. Right? You need to put that on, right? who you are in Christ, this new man. Also in Colossians 3 8 through 11, He says, But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, 
where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. all right, so very similar here. He says, put off your old man uh, and put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all in all. Right, that's the body of Christ. That's the one new man who you need to put on uh, and be renewed in your mind after the image of him that created him, right? which is God, Christ, right? created this one new man. And again, you need to reflect Christ. right? You need to be conformed to the image of him. right? Uh, and you need to be renewed in that every day. Right? We talked about that a few weeks ago, pressing towards that mark, right? uh, keeping your eyes on Christ, not looking behind you. Right? Um, so this is the new creature, right? It's this new man, this body of Christ. Uh, it's God's purpose kept secret until it was revealed in the mystery. Uh, if you look at Ephesians 5, verse 30 through 33, this is why it's called a new creature, right? Because it was not something that was known before. This body of Christ, Jew and Gentile in one body, was not how it always was, right? This is a new thing that God is doing. In Ephesians 5, Paul says, For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this call shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Right? And so you have two becoming one flesh. He's talking about us being one with Christ, right? which is this teaching of the body of Christ, the church. Right? He says, This is a mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Right, the mystery isn't a husband and wife becoming one in marriage. That's not the mystery. Right, the mystery is us being one in Christ. Okay? Uh, and so that is God's purpose kept secret until revealed in the mystery. The mystery concerns the body of Christ and what God is doing today with this new creature. In Ephesians 1, 9 through 11, he says, uh, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, and the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him, who worketh all things after the counsel of his will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. Right? God has made known the mystery of his will to us. We know how all can become one in Christ Jesus today. Uh, if you look at Ephesians 3, 1 through 6, he says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote it for in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise, in Christ by the gospel, right? This is the mystery that the Gentiles can be fellow heirs and of the same body, right? Uh, this body of Christ. So again, this is a new thing. This new creature, this body of Christ, it, it was revealed in the mystery that he gave to Paul, right? Um, and so it was not what God was doing before. It is God's purpose that he kept secret until revealed in the mystery to Paul. But also there is this application of you as an individual having a new life in Christ, right? Not only is this new creature just this entity of this body of Christ, but it's you in that body of Christ, right? You yourself are a new creature in the body of Christ because you are in him. You are in this body that he has created. 
uh, there in 2 Corinthians 5.17, uh, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Right? It's singular. If any man be in Christ, he, singular, is a new creature. Not he is part of the new creature, which is true. Right? He's part of this body of Christ. But you yourself become a new creature, a new man in Christ Jesus. Uh, if you go to Romans 6.4, Paul says, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Right? You were buried by baptism into death with Christ. Right? Your old man has been crucified with Christ. Right? So that you can have a new life and walk in newness of life uh, in Christ Jesus. Right? You have a new, a new life, a new identity, a new position, which we'll talk about later, in Christ Jesus. Uh, Galatians 2.20, another popular verse where Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Right? He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It's not I, but Christ right, in me. Right? You have a new life in Christ because Christ is in you. He has given you a new position. Right? He has placed you into the body of Christ, this new creature, uh, making you a new man, right? A new creature. Uh, and then Galatians 6, 17. He says, From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. And again, this is the context where he talks about uh, what matters now in your flesh is the new creature, right? Not circumcision, uncircumcision, Jew, Gentile, male, female, but this new creature. Right? He says, as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them. Right? You think about the peace you can have amongst yourself and the unity when you start looking at others as a member of the body of Christ and not looking at their flesh. Right? Uh, well, they're a woman, so I'm better than them because I'm a man. Right? Or they're a, uh, they have this race. Right? They're from this country, so I'm better than them because I'm American. Right? Paul says that doesn't avail. Right? Who you are in the flesh does not avail anything but the new creature. They're in the body of Christ. I'm in the body of Christ. Right? We need to submit one to another, he says in Ephesians. Right? And have grace and uh, love one for another as members of the same body. Right? So you think about that peace, which is what he says here. As many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them. Right? Because you're walking according to the rule that your flesh does not matter, but whether or not you are in Christ Jesus. And so the new creature is this body of Christ, and you being in that body. So you think about uh, Jesus as our head and then you have his body which is this new creature, right? This new thing that he is doing today that he revealed to Paul in the mystery, right? And so you make up this body of Christ and you are a new man in that body. And so that's what the new creature is, right? If any man be in Christ, he is the new creature, right? Um, he is part of that new creature. He is a new man in Christ Jesus. And so that is what the new creature is. Uh, so continuing on with this verse, he says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ. Uh, so how do you become part of this new creature? Well, it's not for the elite, the upper class. Uh, it's not for the Jews only or for the wisest man. But it's for any man, right? It's to all. Uh, it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. There in 1 Corinthians 1, 
verse 26 through 29. He says, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world, and things which are despised, have God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Right, and so there is no glory in your flesh when it comes to being in the body of Christ. Right, there's nothing you do in your flesh to get in. Right? You don't get in because you have the most money, or you have the highest position, right? or you're the smartest person, or you were born a, a Jew. Right? Uh, it's to all, if any man be in Christ. Right? He is a new creature. Um, in Romans 3, 29-30, Paul asks the question, Is he the God of the Jews only, or also of the Gentiles? Right? He says he's the God of the Jews and the Gentiles. Right? He's the God of all. Right? So what makes you special? Right? Nothing, because you're below God, right? You can't glory in yourself. He says, if any man's glory, let him glory in the Lord. Because only the Lord can put you in this body of Christ, right? He's offered it to any man, uh, which again is a, a comfort, it's an encouragement to those who view themselves as lower, right? Here on earth, right? Well, I'm just a nobody. God can't do nothing for me. That's not true, right? He has offered grace to all. He died for all, right? It's any man being Christ. He is a new creature, uh, there in 2 Corinthians 5, in the context here, you see Paul talking about how Christ died for all. Right? He didn't just die for uh, a certain group of people, for the wealthiest, smartest, highest in position. Right? He died for all. There in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 and 15, it says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we, we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Right? So Paul says we can we conclude or judge, thus judge, that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Right? The reason Christ had to die for all is because all of us were dead in our sins. Right? Um, so again, your status in the flesh, we're on equal ground there because we are all sinners. We are all dead in our sin, no matter if you sin. Uh, by killing someone, or if you just sin by lying, it's sin, right? And it's wickedness in the sight of God. You're on equal ground with one another, right? In the same way, you can be on equal ground in this body of Christ by faith in the gospel, right? Because Christ died for all, and he is offering salvation to all mankind. Uh, in 2 Timothy 2, verse 5 through 6, Says if, uh, let's see here. I don't think that's the right verse. It's First uh, Timothy two five through six. It says, "For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus." Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am appointed and ordained a preacher and apostle, I speak the truth of Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. Alright, so you see there uh, that Christ Jesus is the mediator between man and God, and he gave himself a ransom 
for all, right, to be testified in due time. So Christ died for all mankind, not just a specific group. Right, so that's why it can be any man being Christ. Right, he is a new creature. Uh, Christ died for all, and he's offering grace freely to all in this dispensation. In Romans 3, 20 through 26, Paul is dealing with uh, really the Jews here and whether or not they are justified by their works of the law or if they are justified by faith. Uh, and here in chapter 3, he has already gone through showing how that all are sinners. Right? Whether you're Jew or Gentile, we have all broken the law of God. Right? And he says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. So you see here, there in verse 24, he is justified freely by his grace. Right? By the grace of God, you can be justified in that freely. Right by faith in uh, Jesus Christ, right it's through His blood, right and faith through His blood, uh, to declare His righteousness, not your own, right? It's his righteousness that's declared. Uh, but you see that there is no difference because all have sin, right? So we are on equal ground with Jews and with others, right? Because all have sin, uh, and so great uh, Christ is offering grace freely to all because all are sinners. Is the teaching. Right. Uh, there in Romans 4, verse 16, he says, It is a faith that it might be by grace. Right? If it was by works, then there is no grace. Right? But it's by faith so that it can be by grace because, again, we couldn't do it on our own anyway if it was by works. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace are you saved, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Right? Not of works, lest any man should boast. Titus 3, verse 5 through 7 Does not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Right? So God is offering grace freely to all because all are sinners. Right? There's no works we can do. There's no position we can hold uh, to receive this grace or salvation. It's by faith in Christ and what he has done. Uh, so the key here is, it's, if any man, right, is open to all, it's offered to all, Christ died for all, uh, but it, the key here of being in the, having this new creature, being this new creature, is you have to be in Christ, right? So again, Jesus is the head of the body, but this is his body, right? You have to be in that if you want to be a part of this new creature, if you yourself want to be uh, a new creature and have this new life in Christ, right? The key is being in Christ Jesus, uh, again, you see this all throughout Paul's epistles. Romans 8.1, he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, right? who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Um, so again, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. right? Not there is no condemnation 
to the world now because Christ died for all, but you have to actually be in Christ. Right? You have to actually trust in what Christ did for you in order to receive this grace, salvation, forgiveness. Right? Uh, Romans 8, 38-39, he says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Right? This love of God and nothing being able to separate you from that is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. And if you're not in Christ Jesus our Lord, something will separate you from the love of God. Right? Your sin will separate you. Um, so those who are in Christ, right, you can't be separated from the love of God. And we've talked before about that love was showed... Romans 5, 8, it was commended through Christ dying for us. Right? Again, it goes back to the gospel and what Christ has done for us. That's the love of God. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19 and 22. Verse 19, it says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Right, so if, we're, if our hope is only found in Christ today, then we are going to be most miserable because what happens when you die is Paul's point here. But verse 22, he says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So he doesn't say because of Christ all men shall be made alive, but in Christ all shall be made alive. Right, so it's those in Christ right, that have the promise of resurrection and uh, that new life with Christ forever. Uh, Galatians 6.15, which uh, we've already read about. It doesn't matter if you're circumcised or not. Right? What matters is the new creature, right? whether or not you're a part of the body of Christ. That's what matters. Uh, Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Right, he's speaking about Gentiles. We used to be far off. Right? We were apart from the covenant, from the law of God, from the people of God. But now by the blood of Christ, we are made near. Right? We have peace uh, with God because we can be part of this new creature, this body of Christ. Uh, so you get in Christ by faith. Right? That's how that happens. It's not something that you earn, something you work for. Again, it's by faith. There in Galatians 3.26, It says, for ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Right? It's by your faith in Christ Jesus that you become a child of God, right? that you become placed into the body of Christ. Um, we talked about the Spirit baptizing you into one body there in 1 Corinthians 12. Ephesians 1 says, you're sealed with the Spirit after you trust the gospel of your salvation, right? which is that Christ died for you and was resurrected. Uh, so it's only by faith in Christ that you become a part of this new creature. Right? It's offered to all, but not all get it. Right? You have to have faith in Christ and be in Christ to reap the benefits of this new creature. Right? Uh, Romans 5, verse 1 through 2. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Right, so you're justified by faith uh, in Christ Jesus. Right? You have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
right? You don't get peace with God, again, by what you do. It's by Jesus Christ, your Lord. If you're a part of this body of Christ, you are at peace with God because you are in Christ, right? And it's through Jesus Christ, our Lord, that we get peace uh, with God today. Uh, Philippians 3, 9. Paul talks about all the status he had in the flesh. He counted it as dumb, right, as loss. He says he wanted to be found in him, in Christ, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Right, going back to Romans 3, you get the righteousness of God by faith in Christ and what he did for you. Right? It's his righteousness that you need, not your own. Uh, and so you have this verse here, therefore, if any man be in Christ, it's offered to all. Right? Christ died for all. He's offering grace freely to all. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, uh, male or female. Right? It's offered to all. But you only get the benefits of that. You only become a part of this new creature if you're in Christ. Right, which happens through faith in the gospel. Uh, so it's, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Not, therefore, any man is now a new creature, right, because Christ died. No, it's any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Because you do have this teaching uh, known as universalism that says everyone will be saved in the end because Christ died for all. Right, and so there is a wrong doctrine out there that teaches you will be saved uh, you'll be given a second chance. You might go to hell for a little while, but you'll eventually get saved, right? It'll bring you to repentance. Uh, there are some wrong teachings there that teach Christ died for all, therefore all will be saved, else he failed, right? Which is kind of similar to uh, Calvinism. Uh, had a similar teaching there. Um, they just say God predestined some to hell is how they get around that, right? Um, but that's uh, the thought process there, that Christ died for all, so all will be saved. That's not what it says here. It says if you have to be in Christ, to be a part of this new creature, and that is done by faith. Uh, and so the next part of the verse, that's the first half. Uh, second half is, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Uh, so if you're a part of this new creature, old things have passed away. Well, what are these old things? Well, the first one is your old man. Going back to Romans 6, right? you have been crucified with Christ. Your old man is no longer who you are. Right, he is dead. Uh, Paul says, knowing this, so it's something we should know, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Now our old man can be crucified, it is. Right? It's something that happens when you're saved and placed in Christ. Our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So again, this is a doctrine that uh, you need to understand and believe and reckon to be true every day, which he says there in verse 11, is that your old man is dead, so I can walk in new life in Christ. I don't have to follow what my flesh wants, right? Because he is crucified with Christ. That's no longer who I am. I'm a new creature in the body of Christ, right? Uh, so he says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, right? The point is that you no longer should serve sin, right? But should serve Christ. Uh, in verse 11, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, so again, your old man is dead. Uh, back to Galatians 2, we read, Paul says he is crucified with Christ, right? Again, that's that doctrine of his old man being dead. 
In verse 19, he says, For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. Right? The law shows your sin, or it shows you who you are, but in Christ, your old man is dead. Right? So you're now dead to the law, so that you can be alive unto Christ. Right? You no longer have to serve sin. Put yourself under the law, because the law simply shows you you're a sinner. Right? So the more you put yourself under the law, the more you're going to see yourself as the sinner that you are. Right? But your old man's dead. Right? That's not who you are anymore. You're alive unto Christ. You're dead to the law. Right? So you're not showing yourself every day your flesh, your old man. Right? You're saying, he's crucified, so I need to serve Christ because that's who I am in Christ. Uh, Colossians 3.9 says, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. So again here it says, lie not one to another and put off the old man. It says, seeing ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Again, that's that doctrine of your old man is dead. Right? He's crucified. Um, so lie not one to another, seeing that your old man is crucified. Right? That's not who you are, so you shouldn't be doing the things that you used to do when that was who you are. Right? That's the teaching. Right? You are no longer that person. You are a new creature in Christ. And so your old man has passed away, right? You are crucified with Christ. You have a new life in him. Uh, what about the law, right? Old things have passed away. What about the law, right? Romans 6.14 says you are not under the law, but under grace, right? And again, that was part of the mystery, not being under the law. Uh, that was something that was revealed to Paul. In Romans 7, 4 through 6, He says, Wherefore, my brethren, uh, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead, wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in oldness of the letter. Right? So he says, You're dead to the law, right? So that you can produce fruit unto God, because the law just brought death, right? Again, it just shows you your sin, uh, but you're dead to that now, and alive unto God, right? The law has passed away. You're no longer under it. You're under grace, is what he says in Romans 6, 14. Uh, Colossians 2, verse 13 through 14. says, And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, have he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Right? And so he took those ordinances that were against us out of the way. Right? They're no longer there. There's no longer a law that you have to keep, right, to show righteousness. Right? It's out of the way. It's gone. Uh, by the cross of Christ, right? He says he took it and nailed it to his cross. Um, so now it's faith in the cross of Christ, right? You glory in that now, not in your flesh and what you can do under the law. Uh, so the law has passed away. It's one of the old things that have passed away. Uh, what about distinction between Jew and Gentile, right? That has passed away. There used to be, uh, under God's uh, old operation, you had to come through the nation of Israel, right? And it will one day return to that because he made a covenant with them, made promises with them, uh, but of course they rejected it, and so he is offering grace to all because all have sinned today, 
right? That's part of the dispensation of grace. Uh, but that's something that has passed away, right? It's no longer happening today where God is making distinction between Jew and Gentile. Um, what about how we follow Christ? Uh, so here in the context of 2 Corinthians 5, where he says, therefore, right, that means therefore because of what I have previously said, uh, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, right? And so first, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 12 and 14 through 15, he talked about how Christ died for all, right? Uh, that's part of how you get into this body of Christ, this new creature, by faith in what Christ did. But also in verse 16, he says, Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Uh, the way you follow Christ has passed away. You follow Christ a new way today in this dispensation. Right? You don't follow Christ according to the ministry he had in the flesh. Paul says we know no man after the flesh. We have known Christ after the flesh. We used to follow him after the flesh, right, when he was here on earth, but no more, right, because we are following Christ who is our head, who sits in heavenly places, right? He's our ascended Lord. He's not in the flesh here on earth anymore. Um, in our question and answer session, we read Romans 9, 4 through 5, where Paul talks about the covenants, the promises. Uh, all these things were given to Israel. There in verse 5, he says, As concerning Christ in the flesh came, right, he came to the nation of Israel in the flesh. Uh, Romans 15, 8, it says, Christ Jesus was a minister to the circumcision, to confer, confirm the promises made unto the fathers, right? It's talking about Christ's earthly ministry, right? Here on earth, he ministered to the circumcision, right? He came to confirm the promises to them, right? Uh, concerning the flesh, Christ came to the nation of Israel. He came unto his own, and his own received him not, right? Uh, if you go to Matthew 4, just to look at some things in Jesus' earthly ministry to show this distinction, Matthew 4, 19, says, And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Right, this is Jesus speaking uh, to Peter and Andrew, telling them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. A lot of people go here and say, We need to follow Christ and be fishers of men. Right, well, this is Jesus, according to his earthly ministry, telling people to follow him while he is ministering on earth. Right, we know from Paul's epistles, his ministry on earth was to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. Right, to confirm the prophecies uh, given to Israel. Um, look at Matthew 9, 9. So then as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom, and he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Right, so he's calling Matthew, he says, Follow me. And so Matthew arises and follows him. Look at Luke 9, 23. It says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. I'm sure you've heard it say before, you've got to take up your cross daily and follow Christ. All right, it comes from uh, this verse here. Right, so what you have in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is Jesus saying, follow me. Right, he's telling people to come and follow me. Here he says you have to take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. 
And so you have people that go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to teach. We have to be fishermen in and follow Christ. And these are the teachings of Christ. Right? Well, Christ taught the law, right? Which we've already seen. We're not under. That's one of the things that passed away. Um, if you go to Matthew 15, we know that the body of Christ, from what we've already seen, this new creature, right, is the body of Christ, which is made up of, you have Jew and Gentile. are both in one. Right? There is no distinction. You are now in one in this body of Christ. Um, people try to say you need to follow Christ according to his earthly ministry. Right? What would Jesus do? They go to the red letters to see what would Jesus do. Well, here in Matthew 15, 21 through 28, it says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a woman, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and the disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Right, so you have this Canaan woman, this Gentile, who comes to Jesus begging for a miracle, and he just ignores her. Right, says he doesn't answer her a word. Right? His disciples come and say, can you send her away? Like, she needs to leave. She needs to go. He says, I'm not sent to the lost sheep. Uh, I'm not sent to anyone but the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Right? So that's why I'm ignoring her, because I'm not sent to her. Right? Um, it says, then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, is it not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs? Right? So he refers to this Gentile woman as a dog. What he's saying is, the miracles, the blessings, therefore, Israel. Right? They're not for Gentiles yet. Right? You get blessed through Israel once they get their kingdom. Right? But she says, truth, Lord. So she says, yes, that's true. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Right? So because of her faith and acknowledging Jesus as the Christ, but also acknowledging the operation of God that day, that she should be blessed through Israel. Right? And she says, you're their Messiah. I should at least get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Right? I get the blessings through Israel. And so because of her faith, she got the miracle. But the point here is, do we tell people today, um, you're a dog, and I'm not sent to you? Right? Because I'm following Christ. And that's what he said. Right? Of course, the answer is no, because that's not what God is doing today. Right? He's working through this new creature that's made up of Jew and Gentile in this body of Christ. So what you used to have was Israel would be a nation above the nations on earth. So you had the Gentiles, which means the nations, right? They had to come up through Israel who had the way to the kingdom, right? So you have the flags, they look like a kingdom the door. Right? So this is what Jesus is saying. Right? You get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Right? You get blessed through Israel. Right? I'm not sent to you. I'm sent to them to confirm their promises so that this can be established and we can bless the nations through that. Right? Well, this has passed away. That's not what God's doing today. He's 
doing this, right? Jew and Gentile in one in the body of Christ. So it's interesting, if you look up uh, be followers of me, you only see two people um, that I could find that say that phrase um, in the context of you need to follow me and my example, right, and do what I do. And that's Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry and the Apostle Paul in his epistles, right? So is Paul equal to Jesus? The answer, of course, is no. If you look at uh, 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul says, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Right? Because Paul is in this body, right? He's establishing that, revealing that, and Jesus is the head of the body. Right? So Paul says, I follow Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. Right? Old things have passed away, all things are become new. The operation of God is new today, right? How we follow Christ is new. It's according to the revelation of the mystery, not according to Jesus' ministry in the flesh. Right, so Paul says, you need to follow me now as I follow Christ, right? Because of the revelation that he's given to me. You're not following Christ according to the flesh. He says, we know no man after the flesh. At one time, we knew Christ after the flesh, but henceforth, no more, right? We're following Christ as our head in heaven, right? Uh, and so how we follow Christ has passed away, right? It's a new way we follow Christ now, um, and that's according to the revelation of the mystery and the dispensation of grace, uh, what about God's operation in the world, which is similar, right? How we follow Christ. Well, his operation has changed. That's why we follow him differently today. He's no longer doing this. He's working through uh, his body. Uh, Romans 16, 25. It says, Now to him that has the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. Right? We follow Christ and, and are established according to the revelation of the mystery, right? not according to prophecies uh, that weren't for us. Right? We can learn from prophecy. We can see how Jesus Christ fulfilled prophecies right? and know that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, but we're not following him according to right, what he was doing uh, through the nation of Israel. Um, so there's some other verses there for you that you can go through, but we'll skip them at this time. Uh, but God is working through his body today, right? Not through one nation, right? Uh, and so that is the old things that have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Uh, the first one is, again, your life in Christ individually, right? You have a new life in Christ. Um, but what about your position, right? Who you are has become new. In Ephesians 2, 6 through 7, it says, He hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show his exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Right? You have a new position in Christ. Right? You have a, a seat in heavenly places where he will show his riches in the ages to come. Uh, Ephesians 5.30 says, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Right, so your new position is in this, right? It's in the body of Christ. You are a finger, a hand, right? A arm. You have a position in the body of Christ. You are made an ambassador for him on earth, right? Because you're here doing his work 
based on your position that you have in him, right? You have a new position. You're not just a, a lost sinner living life through this earth anymore. You are in Christ, right? And you have a position in him. Uh, Colossians 2, 9 through 10 says you are completely new, right? You have a complete position in Christ. Uh, what about your calling? Philippians 3, 14 Again, the verse we covered the other week, Paul says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Right? You have a high calling in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus, before the world began. Right? So again, you're called with a high calling, a holy calling, in Christ Jesus. And again, that has to do with your position in Christ. Right? You're going to be seated with him in heavenly places doing ministry, right? doing work for him uh, after your resurrection. Right? But here today, you're an ambassador to him, ministering reconciliation to the world. Uh, so again, you have a new position, a new calling in Christ Jesus. Uh, you have a new hope. Uh, which is tied to your calling, where he talks about the hope of your calling there in Ephesians 4.4. 4. Uh, but if you go to 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13 and 17, it says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Right? There are those who have no hope, those who are not in Christ. Right? There is no hope for them. Right, there's nothing but sorrow for those who are dead. In verse 17, he says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together uh, with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And the ones we are meeting are in verse 16, The dead in Christ shall rise first. Right, then we which are remain will be called up together with them in the clouds. Right, and we shall ever be with the Lord. That is a new hope that you have. Right, you don't have that hope outside of Christ. Right? You only have that in Christ that you will ever be with him. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 8 through 10 says, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. So he says, put on the helmet uh, or the hope of your salvation because you're not appointed to wrath, but to salvation. Right? You're not going to see that day of wrath. You're going to see salvation. Uh, he says, whether we wake or sleep, we will ever live with the Lord. Right? Whether you're dead, whether you die here on earth, or you're there for the rapture, either way, you're going to live forever with the Lord, which is what he said in 1 Thessalonians 4. Right? The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which remain will be called up together with them. Right? And so... Shall we ever be with the Lord? So you have that new hope as well. Right, he says, this is uh, what this new creature is, right? If you are in Christ, it's offered to any man uh, in Christ, which happens by faith in him, right? It's not that everybody gets it because Christ died, right? You have to have faith in the gospel and be in Christ, which happens by faith. Uh, but it's offered to all that you can be a new creature, right? You can have a new life. In this new thing that God is doing today, the body of Christ, old things are passed away, right? All things are become new. You can have a new position, uh, a new calling, a new hope, right? You can have a new life 
in Christ. Uh, so with that said, are there any thoughts or questions?